Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 233 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Head on a Spike from Orthodox. That Nashville bass band has a new album coming out on August 19th through Century Media Records. It's called Learning to Dissolve. In the past, I had Adam Easterling, the singer, and Mike White, I believe is his name, the drummer, as guests on Getting It Out Podcast. And I may have them on in the near future as well. Maybe that's the thing I do on these upcoming episodes of Getting It Out Podcast, where I play a song from a band that's coming up in the future like I did on the last episode with Luxury Teeth on the ended episode. And maybe this one is another sign like Orthodox on the beginning of this Vomit Fourth episode. But maybe not. Maybe that's not what I'm doing here at all. Maybe it should be. It'd be a good way to advertise what I got coming up. It's not really up to me. That's a lie. It's totally up to me. I can do whatever I want here on Getting It Out Podcast, but I want you to listen. So what do you want? What do you want me to do? Do you even want music in the beginning of these episodes? Because I I don't. like, And I don't mean that like I don't want to hear the music. I mean, when I listen to podcasts that have music in it, I just skip the music. So if you do that here, I understand too. If you do that before the and after the interviews, I understand that. That's, that's cool. Do your thing. Uh, but uh, if you like listening to this stuff, it's going to be there no matter what. It's my format, all right? It's what I do. Anyway. This record's cool. I've been listening to it a lot lately. I do believe I'll have them on in the near future. And if you're a fan of new metal, hardcore, metalcore, all of the above, you'll like Orthodox in their new record, Learning to Dissolve. I um, highly suggest you go back and listen to their last record. It came out on Unbeaten Records. It's called Let It Take Its Course. And uh, that was another good one. It seems like they stepped it up a notch on this one. Big label jump to Century Media Records. Speaking of Century Media Records, the band who I'm talking to today is on Century Media Records, and that's the Vomit Fourth, specifically Kane, the vocalist. He has a last name, which looks impronounceable to me, so I'm not even going to attempt it. I did type it. You can see it on the image. You can see it in the notes, but I'm not even going to attempt to say it because uh, I'm scared of failure. But yeah, let's get into this episode. Welcome back to Getting It Out Podcast. Here's the intro music. Check it! Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out I said all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out It's always a struggle for me to figure out how to start these episodes at this point, but I just noticed the issue of uh, Decibel Magazine sitting here, and I'm sure you've heard me speak about my affinity for this publication. I love it. I think it's the greatest. I think it's the best metal magazine I've ever gotten regularly, too. Um, But when I was a kid, I loved buying metal magazines, and specifically it was like Metal Edge, which for some reason, even in the late 90s, was still covering hairbands and, and all sorts of uh, shit that I didn't like. But I still bought it because it was a metal magazine. But mostly it was Circus and Hip Parader. And mostly I bought those magazines because they had pinup pictures, which is really funny now. Really funny because I would tear out pictures of men and put them on my walls because, uh, as my friend once said, I was hungry for rock. He said that about himself, not me. I'm putting his words into my story, so uh, don't take that the wrong way. Anyway, uh, my mom got so tired of me doing this because I would I would put so much shit on my walls. I would tape things with scotch tape, and it would be a bitch to get off. And I would decide randomly in the middle of the night that I was going to redo my whole room. I'd stay up all night long, and my mom would open my bedroom door the next day, and it would be something entirely different. So she came up with the solution where we lined my walls with paper. Yeah, 
with big rolls of paper. So my so at first there was a layer of paper, wallpaper, literal paper, not like some cool design, not like some bitchin' design. It was just blank white paper. And then on top of that paper, I would put whatever I pleased. And this made for some shitty looking walls, as you can imagine. Uh, it's like trying to gift wrap the inside of your house. It's not very, uh, not very clean look, but it worked. I mean, at least it worked as far as my mom was concerned. I remember one time feeling real edgy. I was feeling real edgy and I thought I'm going to draw the parental advisory sticker on my wall. I'm going to draw it. You know that thing. The thing that made every record better. The parental advisory sticker. So I started drawing it on the wall. I used a ruler, made sure my lines were straight, finished it up, nice black and white, right above where I slept, of course. So there was no question what that parental advisory sticker was about. Sticker that wasn't a sticker. Parental advisory sticker recreation. Art. Right above where I rest my head at night. And uh, as I stepped back and looked at it with... With uh, with pride, I gotta say, with pride, my little cousin Dustin came walking in, and Dustin had bad eyesight. It was a joke in the family. He wore giant Coke bottle glasses, probably still does, which is a little concerning because I'm not kidding when I say he's a commercial airline pilot. So be safe out there, uh, airline pilot uh, passengers, which I guess is all of us. Anyway, and he comes in the room and he looks at it and he goes, "Explicit." I said, "What?" And he said, uh, "I think you're missing an L." And I was. I was missing an L. I took all that time to refine my parental advisory warning to any parent that dared enter my room, only to spell it wrong. And so I didn't cover it up. I just figured no one's going to notice that. And then every time someone would come to my room, they would uh, certainly notice that. And uh, it was a little demoralizing and uh, still thinking about this day. Still thinking about it today, and it's a, it's a little bit embarrassing to me. I got a lot of things that I think about sometimes, and it's still hard to get away from the embarrassment. And that's one of them. How many people did that really affect? How many people did really saw that? It's a thing I did for myself, right? And it didn't last that long. But I, will, I do want to tell you, I want to make sure you know, that in that room, there was always a single wall dedicated to Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit had their own wall, and still should all right. As I got older, of course, it came down when I decided new metal wasn't cool anymore. And, uh, you know, I just moved on to uh, hardcore show flyers, which, you know, it's just like basically the same thing. Uh, just more nerds um, that weren't dressed nearly as cool, but dressed eerily similar. Sometimes, you know, I don't know. I think about all those days. And I don't miss them one bit. <laughs> I like it better now where I like everything equally and I put it all in the same, uh, in the same playlist and I just go and listen to music the way I like to. I don't care if it's new metal. I don't care if it's hardcore. I don't care if it's death metal. I don't care if it's hip hop. That's a lie. I do care if it's hip hop. I listened to some hip hop the other day by accident. And I gotta tell you, um, like it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. And, and when I say that, I mean that it wasn't like, I mean, it was bad, all right? It was bad, but I'm kind of impressed by the rapping ability of these uh, white pro-American, pro-Americans, professional Americans, and uh, I'm just impressed that they can actually rap. The shit that they say is stupid as hell, and their their beats are terrible. It's usually just some form of country music, uh, but but man, it's a, it's impressive. And I don't know if it's always for good reasons, but I'm glad that that genre exists. Uh, 
I wish I had got into it when I was a kid so I could, like, listen back fondly on it. I don't know if it existed. Was hip-hop a thing? Is hip-hop a real turn? Am I being uh, disparaging? Am I being uh, not racist, right? That can't be racist. Am I being uh, insensitive? I don't know. But anyway, this episode has nothing to do with hip-hop. It's got a little bit to do with uh, new metal, but mostly it has to do with death metal. And I'm speaking to Kane of Vomit Forth about some of those things. So rather than me just keep telling you more things that you don't care about, let's get into my conversation with Kane. But first, let's play a song off of their new album, Seething Malevolence. This song is called Carnivorous Incantation. <laughs> I got into heavy music originally, like my big brother, he moved to New York City uh, in the 90s. And he, he put me on to bands like, uh, like Sonic Youth and uh, Blonde Redhead and Fugazi and, um, and stuff like that. And uh, I remember being like, yo, this is, this is cool. But um, I liked it because my big brother was showing me and I still love those bands. But the, the moment where I kind of switched um was i saw the video for got the life by corn yeah <laughs> on, yeah um on mtv video wake up and i was like what the fuck is that <laughs> and, and um and that just started my my uh you know my steady decline into uh you know psycho music i, I um after that it was like i got really into new metal and then i found uh you know six feet under and um mm-hmm. DSI'd and, and uh, the band that really got me into death metal specifically was like Cryptopsy. Gotcha. Um, okay. I heard, well, I heard I don't know, 
loved it. It's funny that you bring up uh, corn got the life because all right, I'm I'm, all, I'm yeah. about the same age as you. I'm 37. Um, okay, so, respect. So you know, same same era. What I, I coming yeah. from the same direction. It sounds like. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember when Got the Life video was on all the time, right? And I remember watching some yeah. show on MTV where there was like other musicians or celebrities or something talking about, they were just going over videos. And one yep. of them, I forget who it was, but it was some some somebody's opinion that I respected um, as okay. like a 15 or 16 year old was watching that video yeah. and goes and referred to it as, he said, it's fine, but it's kids music. And I was so offended at the time. Yeah, I and get like, yeah. And now i'm like yeah no it was i mean <laughs> and well and i but like, and hold on, hold on wait wait because yeah. i still i still well i still like new metal i'll still listen to new metal yeah, i don't same. give a shit but yeah, something same. about corn feels mm-hmm. it's pretty immature you know <laughs> so i i this is a this is a hot you triggered me so um <laughs> so like i can i don't disagree with you because corn really um tapped into this kind of like primal brain because they were trying to make aggressive music but weren't necessarily influenced by metal mm-hmm. okay yeah i like that so so it does kind of come off as kiddish because you know especially like with like the lyrical content when he's like crying and he's like oh, i'm mad at you you know what i mean <laughs> well also like also he's he looks like he he looks like a little kid that you let dress himself he's on a big like on a big wheel riding a bike you know in that video like yeah, yeah i mean I think for me that came because I was like, and then I would see like a Busta Rhymes video and I was like, okay, these guys are clearly influenced <laughs> by like hip hop and like, and uh, who's the dude who directed all those videos with like the fast stop motion stuff. He, I think he did like the Aaliyah videos and stuff too. I can't remember, but his videos yeah. are amazing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I love, I love corn, but I know I agree with you, but I also think that it's that kind of made it genius. <laughs> okay. That's fair. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take that yeah. take. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll defend uh, several Limp Bizkit thing so uh, don't worry <laughs> yeah. but, dude, dude, we're like the og millennials dude we have yeah. to. <laughs> that's, that's right i don't did yeah. you enter a time because i did so i'll admit that up front mm-hmm. i entered a time where i where i shunned my new metal past and it was only heavily, like heavily. it was only like maybe maybe like five six years ago that i finally like pulled it back it's like you know what yep. this is cool i'm cool with this yeah Dude, it's crazy. Yeah, we I did that too because of all that. There's so much, and also when you know when you go down and you find like the the quote unquote you know real real stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember when I really started to shun it. Is I don't know if you're familiar with like Youth Attack Records. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mark Mark McCoy's label. I remember I was like, dude, two, 2009, 2010. I was like, that's like all I listen. I was like, yo, Raw Nerve, Vile Gash. <laughs> All that stuff, and I was like, I don't, I don't know, I can't believe I was so stupid. I like corn and Slipknot, fuck that. And then, uh, yeah, like five, six years ago, I like was like, it started like this. I was like, no, nah, man, I was hate breeds, awesome. Like it's okay to like that. And then yeah. I, and then I just, I slowly was like, yeah, but like follow the leaders really good. And then it just, kept, it kept going. So I, I had the same exact thing, same exact thing. You know, corn. Not yeah. to have a whole new metal conversation, but corn is the I one that I <laughs> that I have a hard time going back and like I like follow leader. I listened to that once. I went for a run and put that on. And I was just like, yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. It doesn't like and and now I think like yeah. in hindsight, it's like I don't know if I just liked corn because I was supposed to or because I liked all the other new metal. I think I might not have mm-hmm. liked them and just just lied about it. But uh, but I everybody think, else, I'm I'm yeah. still in on. So the thing with corn is, and and I think that people don't understand this is they're not a metal band at all. Right. 
like it's they're not and but i they he was yelling and stuff but they weren't a metal yeah. band it was like i mean when you i think they have more in common with like uh what's that dude parliament funkadelic george and, clinton uh, or, yeah like he, they have they have more in common with like george clinton or primus than they do with like slayer mm. right. you know yeah, that's like that. yeah. like they're they're very much they're very much a, a uh a like a percussive um groove groove band you know mm-hmm. they're they're i i think that they liked i mean i i'm a cornhead so like maybe i'm biased but i i <laughs> i really hated them and then when i came back and started to get into songwriting like i got into bands like uh portishead and then mm-hmm. and then people like trick like tricky trick daddy and or, uh, or not yeah sorry yeah tricky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah tricky and that stuff like i got into that and then I, and then i went back to corn with like those new years and i was like damn they were into portishead and shit like that too like but they were they just wanted to yell yeah yeah you know? <laughs> yeah so i uh i i i like actually i am i have the opposite where i'm like i'm more into corn than the other bands because i view them more as uh these kind of creative people that were like not scared mm-hmm. yeah, they, yeah i mean they yeah, sure well. surely well the one thing that i've i've argued before with uh with new metal that i don't think it gets the credit for mm-hmm. and and especially the bands yeah. that like you know were the spearheading the whole thing is uh nobody ever calls that prog nobody ever considers that to be progressive no. music in any way and it was totally which is crazy <laughs> it was dude i mean dude listen to like even the like ld50 oh, i that hate had, it but like, yeah <laughs> no i i agree it's not my thing that's but, another like, that's I, another one mud vein i could never do but you get back back then i did but then i kind of went back to it and i was like, oh, this is whack but yeah. it is that band was clearly influenced by like prog band right the songs but were, it, the songs are like five minutes but even the yeah, that's true. But even the idea of just all the shit that they were trying, the, some most of it yeah. didn't work, right? But so, but still, they yeah. were like they were progressive enough to do it. But we just dismiss it because it was new metal, and you know, I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I think it, you know, I think someone needs to rewrite yeah. it. I I completely dude. That's a gr- I'm really glad you said that because I completely agree. <laughs> Good. Completely well, because they, it's like that's what they did. They were being progressive. They were throwing all sorts of shit in there. Yeah, and uh, not a lot of it stuck, but they went for it. But anyway, okay, so I think there's a there's an interesting interesting tie in there where you said that Cryptopsy was like the first band that you really got into, right, in the death metal world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I find I don't know if you know. Do you know Matt, their singer now, Matt McGacky, who's also a new I metal think, guy? I didn't know he was a new metal guy. He's I a have total like new a, metal guy. Yeah, I'm a total. I have like a swag crush on that dude. I'm like, yo, this dude's fucking cool. <laughs> like, I watched the um. There's one one when we first started, uh, I w- I was like, yo man, I gotta get in the zone because we're about to record the demo. And I watched one of uh, him doing one of the Nunso Bio sets. And one, I was like, this dude's a machine. I need to get on this dude's level because <laughs> he's he's nonstop and his headbangs are crazy. But I don't know him at all. But he seems dope. And now that I know he's a new metal head, I'm like, yo, this kid, this dude's fucking cool. <laughs> our, our age and a new metal guy also in a death metal band. So there you go. It's a, yeah. all sorts of things. But so, all right. So you, you jump, you, you mentioned some of those connections and uh, mm-hmm. you said you, you grew up in uh, Western Mass, I think. Yeah. So I mentioned to you before I hit the record button that when I think yeah. of, <laughs> when I think of Connecticut, I think of the Connecticut hardcore scene. Is there a Connecticut metal scene death metal scene yeah for sure for sure i mean um that's like so ricky who is our guitarist his dad is in like 100 demons so um yeah he but he he kind of puts us on dude there's a sick band from here um it's kind of older dudes but they're called chaotic Mm -hmm. um they they play like more of the bar circuit but they're like a fucking awesome band 
Um, huh? And I don't know a lot of like the OG stuff, but I mean, you know, Ricky's dad was also in this band. They're not death metal. It's like more of a thrash band called Tyrant Trooper, who's fucking awesome. Nice. And um, but yeah, I mean, Connecticut, realistically, there is a metal scene, but it's not like I mean, you know, it, it's clearly like a hardcore state, you know what I mean? Because I mean, we had even if you, you know, we obviously hate breed hunter demons, some of all fears. Um, <laughs> arguably, you could today, I know that it's like New York, but like I think Ray Capo was originally like here. I think it's, I think it's arguably New York for them or, or the other way around. I think they're a Connecticut band that yeah. argues New York, but yeah, 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 I think they are too. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I don't know, but even still, I mean, it's a hardcore thing. I mean, even we, we have like even not that not that long ago but like you know i think the band's great it's like late to rest and, and we also have bands like anxious mm-hmm. um i don't know if you know them they're like a yeah lot. They're, they're basically awesome. a rock band yeah 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 i think they're 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 a cool band i mean they have hardcore roots though i mean those, those right. kids all listen but they're in a hardcore band called last straw um mm-hmm. that was really young good. blood records like, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so i mean <laughs> it's but that's like that's like what we have you know you you know the deal you know the vibe but uh yeah the, the, yeah. the metal the metal scene here is like whatever it's not that great <laughs> that's all right because it sounds like it sounds like it doesn't matter because you got so much good shit coming up there and uh, the way that i like to think of uh of new england the northeast is after new york you guys are all like yeah little tiny guys all just sticking together hanging out you know so that's true true. (laughs) um but so so vomit fourth when does vomit fourth become a thing and how do you get involved and uh not to go back big on your personal history but how far into how i rephrase this it was this your first band i guess is the question oh i've been in a lot of bands before that um but uh so how how this happened is like nick the drummer was he was touring in this other band um you know shout out james i think it's alicia aloysia um he was in a band with him called detriment and he was touring with them a lot and he would play drums and that band had a really very metal edge to it but they were like a hardcore band Mm -hmm. and um I've known Ricky because he was in a band called Enraged Juice with Tyler, our bassist. And uh, they were like a hardcore band too. And uh, I was in hardcore bands at the time, but we would always kind of just like, I think that where it really happened is I played with Detriment when some really bad band I was in, I can't remember the name of it. And um, I had a Cradle Filth shirt on and Nick was (laughs) like, yo, like what, what? (laughs) And and he thought it was crazy because I was like X'd up. Like I had like, I'm straight edge or whatever, but I had like X'd on. I thought it was like cool. And he was like, this is, what a dirt he was like what a juxtaposition that's happening here <laughs> like like a cruelty in the beast shirt with a with x up like this kid this kid knows what's up but him and ricky would always like talk about starting a metal band because we were like we all love hardcore but and that's how we met but we were like you know we we wanted we've all wanted to make a metal band one time and um i'm i'm actually a guitarist i'm not really a vocalist this is like that's new to me but they got together and started jamming just like they're like yo like the the first couple songs I think they had were like uh, "Torn Open" and "Lethal Impulse," and mm-hmm. you know they were just called like they were just called like "Deicide Song," <laughs> you know, you know because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because we yeah. just we just didn't even know how to do this stuff. And um, then they showed it to me, and I was like, "Yo, like I know I don't sing, but like let me give it a shot." And then uh, that's how Vomit Fourth even started. Like I guess I'm not technically OG, even though I've been on every recording. But they started just jamming, and then I I came in and. Uh, we kind of can't we for some reason we can't shed that uh you know we're hardcore kids playing death metal even though i to me i still and i stand by this like i think that everything on northeastern deprivation like everyone's like they have straight up hardcore parts and i don't hear that i'm like i don't know what you mean 
Like I, that sounds like death. It's like heavy, like obviously because we're inspired by like internal bleeding and skinless. Mm-hmm. So it has that like slam, like mosh riff. But yeah, to me, that was, ne- that was never hardcore to begin with. That was always death metal. Like even I, with Apri, like dude, the, that riff is Stranger Aeons. Yeah. Well, look, I agree with you in that I don't hear the really much at all the hardcore that is supposed to be like i mean i don't know yeah. how it's the, but the, that line is so blurred right now and there's so many yeah it is there's so many uh hardcore wants to grab on to death metal so badly right now that it's trying to yeah. pull in bands that don't necessarily fit the mold and and yeah. we've seen that with and, and me i'm a lifelong hardcore kid right so we've seen mm-hmm. success with that where we say all out war you're a hardcore band where they're like what the fuck how is that a yeah, hardcore like, band uh, yeah that's exactly yeah it's not like how is how is ringworm how do how do these bands get you know g- grabbed yeah, yeah. in but yeah. but it happens right and it seems like yeah. it, now more than ever hardcore is trying to grab a hold of death metal and a lot of the time it's bands that were on labels like you were like maggot stomp they say maggot stomp is somehow a hardcore label even though it's very clearly a, yeah. a death metal yeah, like how i don't get it because <laughs> like because like scott like scott like knows like taylor young or something so it's that's it label. that's all like, it takes like, like, like yeah. yeah like what do you thought? like and and um i think uh, yeah especially with maggots not because maggots not man that puts out in my opinion that besides i know they put out like uh this was past us it was kind of like a it was like a vegan band i can't remember who they were but before that i mean it was no bullshit death metal i was like i don't hear one hardcore band on this <laughs> at all yeah like I, like I you're like when I listened to Mortal Wound, I wasn't like, yeah, these kids do this. this is hardcore. I was like, yeah, you can hear a like, two-step part in there. <laughs> you know, the, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're, that's crazy. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's, it's funny, though, because you guys do seem to have come from a background of, of hardcore, right? Which, yeah. that's cool. But there, but what I think is so interesting and I've seen from a lot of bands uh, over the last few years is that it used to be strikingly obvious when a death metal band was made from members of hardcore bands. It used to you used to be able to hear it like people say, and I don't think you can anymore. I think we, yeah. guys like like we, we have you guys, you have like Creeping Death, um, and I'm I, I can definitely think of more, but not on the spot. But you know, like yeah. it, it's it's people have gotten so much more adept, and it used to be a thing that it's because people weren't that good at their instruments. But yeah, you guys not, have figured it out. You, yeah, that's not the case. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in the Northeast, and I, I brought this up before, but in the Northeast, like one of the bands, at least in our circle, that like made it okay to like be making death metal was was like Fuming Mouth. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark Mark was like really instrumental in that. Coming from the Maggot Stomp side, now like like hardcore, and I know you're on Century Media now, right? Which is a whole yeah. different thing, but yeah, I know with like hardcore trying to claim Maggot Stomp, is there any is there any kind of uh, gatekeeping or attitude you come across as a death metal band trying coming from the maggot stomp or what's claimed as the hardcore world into that scene do you face any resistance at all like so you know what's weird is like i think that vomit forth in gen- only vomit forth really does and maybe i'm just sounding <laughs> self-centered or something but i mean i remember like even on maggot stomp i love scott and he's he's the homie but uh not but and um we were never like we didn't have the maggot stomp sound you know um so we we did kind of face that from the metal crowd for sure um but it was it was strange to me because i'm like why are you they're like these are just hardcore kids making death metal and i was like but i 
wh- how, why do you think that? And, and we did face it in the beginning for sure, because we, we faced it on both sides because people in hardcore honestly didn't really fuck with us. It's not like we were the band that would play and then hardcore kids would come out and people would be moshing super hard in the beginning because that's not, right. we, we would be playing. And when we would play hardcore shows, like our first, I think our third show was like uh, with our friends in sanction mm-hmm. and um, people who like sanction just didn't even know what to think of us because on, <laughs> uh, on that end of things, you know what I mean? We don't have, we don't have enough like mosh parts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then on the metal side of things, for some reason, we weren't, we had too many. So there was this kind of gatekeepy thing where there were just people would be like, you know, oh, they just have break, put put another breakdown in there. And then, and then we'd be like, okay, cool. Well, we're going to play with our friends in, you know, whatever band. And then it would just be like, well, nothing. This is too like fast. So we, we got the <laughs> worst of both worlds. With this. <laughs> yeah. We got the worst of both worlds with that. And, um, but I do think it, it, it maybe helped us in a way because people would be maybe confused by it and then it would, they'd be intrigued and kept coming back. And I think that maybe helped us a little. And I, and I hope that we could maybe put people on in either world to other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it had but, to be somewhat um, successful because you were able to make the leap up to uh, sensory media, which um, yeah, I don't know about you, but again, we're about the same age that to me has always been a gigantic label for heavy yeah. music. Dude, they put and, out- uh, yeah, they put out the cleansing. I mean, I'm I say the cleansing not because it's like my favorite record, but like the thing is, like for people our age, that was a huge. I remember when the cleansing came out. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everybody was like, "What's that song?" He's like, "He's like, like recognize your face or whatever." And like I remember, everybody was like, everybody was listening to that shit. Like random norms were listening to that. Like the cleansing yeah. was big. Century Media is a big label, yeah. So it was huge for us, and it was a cool leap because it's still like a. That's crazy to me. I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, your record, uh, Seething Malevolence, I've always said that word wrong. That's why I had to say it like that. Uh, (laughs) just came out on, on July 8th. And, uh, from what I saw, like day of release on, it's been people loving it, going ape shit. What's it like from your perspective? So I gotta be real. Like, I, like i i kind of got into our background for a little bit like we have not been handed much we were never really a hype band we were friends with people who had a lot of hype but we did not really like we never had that we never had that crazy crazy social media buzz and um so i got there was a lot of anxiety on on my end when this record was coming out because like i said before we've never we've been the band that's not moshy enough for the moshers or Mm -hmm. to you know what i mean like too moshy for the for the the headbanger kids and um with this record we i also we we were upset we were mad i mean we we're just like seeing malevolence was kind of like the the saying we because it's what we were doing we were like mm-hmm. i hate you you know <laughs> and um <laughs> we so we pulled out all the stops we were just like yo you know what we're gonna do whatever we want and, and if people don't get it i don't care and yeah. um with that also with that full send mentality it's like you're sending him and you don't know where it's going so uh when it went and i from this end i'm i and if you ask anybody in my band if you ever talk to them i'm not even if we do well i'm not that positive of a person i'm always going to be like yo we could have done better mm-hmm. you know with this record when it came out i couldn't believe i was so happy and and just like humble like it it felt so amazing to have people that because a lot of the people who are liking it and they're saying it's the album of the year are people I don't know. They're not my friends. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I appreciate them, but that's what I want. 
I want to reach out to people I don't know. I want people to like it who have never heard us. And uh, I mean, I, I'm very thankful to Century because without them, we wouldn't have the platform we do. And I'm thankful to everybody in my band because everybody pushed themselves. And um, I'm so happy with the response. And it's, it's an incredible feeling. So well, being, very good. <clears throat> that's that's great. I, I, I'm glad to hear it. And I think it's deserved too. Um, there's not like I like death. I like death metal, right? But I don't mm -hmm. like. It's usually I have to let an album grow on me. With you, with this one, I yeah. did. It was like right away. Like I was literally sitting in my cubicle listening to it. Like put it on. Like what the fuck? Like you know, right really? right away. Yeah, yeah. And typically, cool. typically it just doesn't work that way for me. I, I yeah. enjoy death metal, like I said, but I need to like. I need to really get into it. I like the, I don't know. I like the intricacies of it, but you guys, fuck, I mean, intricacies aside, it was just like right away. Like I like the way this sounds, but it brought me to a very important question. I wondered right away. And I don't know if you've had to address this and you may have, but what happened to uh, vomit first, second, and third? So dude, this guy, this guy, <laughs> no, uh, you know, man, you know, things, things, things change, man. Yeah, right. yeah, you know, and, and 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 they're doing fine, <laughs> you know. They're, not they're as good fine. as, not, <laughs> but not as good as Vomit Fourth. No, absolutely not. But like you know, to quote Man Overboard, you know, she she's got her own man now. She's doing fine. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that's where they're at. <clears throat> well, uh, what's the, what would you say is the biggest difference between uh, Northeastern Deprivation and, and this record? Uh, so the. With Northeastern Deprivation, that was a lot of us being like, like, I, you know, I kind of expressed that uh, frustration where everyone's like, well, they're just hardcore band, uh, they're a hardcore band playing death metal, blah, blah, blah. And that was us being like, no, these are death metal songs. Like, if you think this is like, if you like, I, like basically just being like, we are a death metal band and like, we're going to put out like a genuine, like, I think that shit is like straightforward. I mean, there's obviously other influences because we, we want to be a well-rounded band, you know, yeah. and there's, there, there is some like, in my opinion, some shortcomings in the songwriting for death metal. So yeah, we definitely took influence from grindcore and hardcore and stuff like that. But we were like, this is a death metal band. And that was Northeastern Deprivation was like us declaring that we're like, no, we are a death metal band. Mm -hmm. And, and then on this one, we kind of just like wanted to not completely throw that away, but be like, we are not going to be bound to anything. You know, we are going to make music that, um, kind of we wanted to, to make music that was how we felt it was like that's why like the production of it and all of it I, I hear i've actually you know did did myself the disservice of like watching reviews and stuff like that and um and not not that i don't appreciate did you read that, the comments though oh i did i did yeah i'd be reading the comments not all, not all of them but sometimes i do and i was like a lot of people were like you know um you know the production's bad and stuff like that and it's like I, we wanted and, this to be a, a lot of people said it sounds like it's recorded in, on a, on a uh, tape recorder or something. And I was like, uh, Arthur hmm. Rizik, like, like, I'm probably yeah. saying that wrong, but <laughs> like he, Arthur Rizik, like mixed this and, and like, we were blown away by the mix, but we wanted yeah. it to be a dent. Like I wanted to be dense the same way that like, you know, the downward spiral or the fragile is dense where mm -hmm. there's these soundscapes underneath everything. And there's little things you can hear if you listen, because there is, I, there's like, you know, little monologues in there that are hidden. And like, um, we wanted to make something that was scary. And that's why, you know, seething malevolence is like, we wanted the record to, to make you feel like it's seething malevolence. Like, that's why there's tracks like, you know, I feel nothing where it's like, in my opinion, scary. And mm -hmm. when you actually listen to that, that 
that that piano is the chord progression from predatory savior which is the song after and the course to that song is i feel nothing so it's like i wanted to create this we with this one we wanted to create a, the vomit forth like world and the vomit forth vibe like death metal be damned this yeah. is us and yeah. um a lot a lot less no, no compromising you know it's like yeah we're a death metal band and we want to like i mean there's a lot of themes in the record but like the what i what we wanted right when you listen to it was like this is fucking scary you know and this is dense and this is deep and uh i i think we i think we succeeded i think i think you did too and uh before i comment more on that i need uh, for the sake yeah. of argument the fragile or downward <laughs> spiral which one that's a tough one i mean i go back to the fragile more so do um, i even that's, though, that's yeah that's where i'm going to even though like, i love the downward okay. spiral right but the fragile is just it's just the one it's the one for like the, and I don't like to say it, but it's the one for the real fans. <laughs> it's like, like, like Downward Spiral has your, your closer and stuff like that. And, and that song's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Right. But the same dude who made fun of you for listening to Nine Inch Nails listens to that song. So, right. you know, and, uh, but, you know, Fragile just has more there for you. That's right. I agree. A two, yeah. Double disc yeah. too. Um, yeah. The uh, okay. So back to back to vomit for the yeah. the uh, the scariness that you're talking about. There, I do. I, I know what you're talking about with the album, and I do like. It. And also Arthur Rizk Rizk. I don't know how you say it. Either. Yeah. Um, I I feel like that's who everybody wants to do their shit anyway, and what he did sounds right to me. So I don't know what yeah. those uh, what those people are talking about. I don't. But, I don't either. <laughs> But um, as far as the scariness, the scariness that I see is on these uh, music videos that you've released so far. Um, yeah, yeah. The the one for the title track. I mean, that guy, the, like the one man, turns into like a digital butthole. But the rest of it, <laughs> yeah. man, like, yeah, like yeah. Did you, did you practice like writhing around on the ground and in chairs for to, or is that just that's, like from a lifetime of trying to pay attention in school? um that's like you know well yeah that's uh me trying to pay attention in uh back when you had desks like that remember when you just pull, pull them up yeah. yeah um but yeah like I, those so um we worked with this company 849 well so my uh my better half who who has a company called menacing aura mm -hmm. um and we both work on that and we just like um we we film everything on high eight and we wanted it to look kind of like we were originally kind of going to do it all ourselves and we were, because we wanted it to look like a snuff film or something or um, like it was influenced by actually there's this other there's this other guy he he runs his name's John Doe and he runs this thing called Cinema's Underbelly and um, I found his blog because he does like reviews on uh, like exploitation movies and, and stuff like that and um, I thought that guy was dead no 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 he's the, I don't know like I don't think oh another John name. Doe it's just a yeah, yeah like that was a that's joke like his like yeah yeah you're bad <laughs> <laughs> but he's like he's like uh he's 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 cool that was like a cool like he i found out a lot of stuff from him and then there's this other thing it's called the like q309 network mm -hmm. um that's i don't i think they're based in like italy or something like that and they make these kind of like satanic scary porn and um <laughs> it's all it's all filmed on height so that was like a really big influence on us and uh our other friends run a company called 8498 and um they've done videos with people like sanction um who are our friends and then uh i don't know if you know the band vein yeah um, fm but you know yeah yeah you know the video where the dude's like has a thing in his eye their first no, music video for they have a video called virus for a song called virus vibrance which is i think that's the name of, i might be saying it wrong but they're 
it's the first song off Arizona. And um, he is the kid who has this thing in his eye. And I was like, yo, these kids are crazy. And we met them. We became <laughs> friends with them. Um, and they have they have a little video. Uh, the, he's the one who's like riding on the ground. He's a great actor. Mm, okay. Um, um, he's, he's the digital butthole guy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we ha- there's a business card. There's a yeah, there's a whole theme with the three videos. I mean, it starts with Predatory Savior, which is like yeah. filmed at my mom's house. And then uh, Carnivorous Incantation is when you can see, because if you notice them, you'll see there's like a little shrine in each of them. And as mm. the video progresses, it becomes more like, as the videos progress, they become more like fucked up and bloody and like weird. And by yeah. the end of it, the, you know, the demon thing is there and it's like consuming you and, and, and all that. So um, yeah, the, that was very uh i think that they I, I sat with them and had we had meeting upon meeting upon meeting about themes and just like content and uh i think they really did a great job with making it like because i think those videos are unsettling you know what i mean yeah and yeah. and we we wanted them to be like you know we wanted to be like it's like dave lynch death metal <laughs> or something you know so i, I can tell you like job with that I think I watched them out of order, which is why I didn't. I mean, I realized they looked the same, but I didn't quite realize yeah. it all fits together. But I think the I think the first one I, I actually did watch with it was uh, Seething Malevolence. And okay. so I, I started at the end and yeah. right away, it's kind of similar to when I was listening to your record right away, uh, like a music video, a music. I don't fucking want to watch a music video, but yours was like, <laughs> like right away. I was like, all right, this one seems this one seems cool. And it made me look at the other ones. Yeah. So like, yeah, it, you know, it just speaks to, to the to the quality of it. So uh, I, I don't know. I, th- I think you guys are, are nailing it. Um, and you I mentioned like how, how hands on you and the, the rest of the band has been with the whole process, really. And the record, as yeah. I understand, was self-produced. But Arthur did so, the mix and yeah. mastering. Who who's self-producing? Is that you? Is that who's in the chair? Who's engineer? So it wasn't. It was actually engineered. That was incorrect. Like it was. I don't know, kind of and kind of not. So how it worked out is we originally recorded it with our good friend Evan at Shellshock Audio on Long Island. Um, and he how, how this record worked is it evolved. Like we we wanted him to do like the stuff that we don't know how to do. So like miking cabs, recording on an actual good doll, like on pro tools and uh, getting a good drum sound, stuff like that. And then um, what I did is I went back through the record and I, I recorded, so recorded all my vocals with my, my old roommate, Liam. And um, just because he had better hardware than I did, and um, I recorded all the vocals that way and then went back again and added soundscapes and added uh, transitions and stuff like that because, um, you know, like I said, we wanted it to be very layered. So um, it was self-produced in that we did everything we could do within our means, you know, because okay. I'm not an engineer, you know. But uh, then uh, shout out Mike Gitter, the homie. He reached out to me and was like, yo, would you want, you know, Arthur Rizek to... Uh, mix it and i was like are you yes like, <laughs> that's the name right now yeah, that's the name yeah, everybody yeah. Has. and um he the, actually i didn't care about that what sold me is is because he i found you know i know he was in cold world and stuff like that i love cold mm-hmm. world and i didn't i couldn't i forgot but he was like yeah he was in like pegasus which is like my favorite band that he was ever in <laughs> and uh, i told arthur that and he was like really that's the one out of all of them yeah out of all <laughs> yeah, of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah and i was like yo pegasus is, is like i still love i love that seven but um yeah and and i think the thing is what really actually made me sold me on arthur the most is that he did uh ghost main the newest ghost mm-hmm. main which isn't like 
Um, I, I like that record, but Ghost Mane, I, I have been following Ghost Mane since like he was, you know, doing like the more Memphis style stuff. And then, you know, he became, you know, he got influenced by like, uh, you know, the industrial stuff. But when he, the fact that he mixed that record and I was like, okay, this dude's not afraid to go outside the box. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not going to do like the metal guy thing. He's going to, he's going to listen to us. And he did. So that's awesome. Well, it, I mean, it seems like you had all the right hands on it. Um, again, yeah. your, yours included. Um, you guys are going to go out on a tour August and September. Is that, is that right? you you have a yeah, headliner yeah. and then you're joining creeping death, right? Yeah. I can't wait for that. Yep. Doing that. And then, um, we have some other stuff lined up that I can't really talk about, but that's going to be really mm-hmm. cool. And um, have you done any touring since everything broke, like since COVID's quit or I guess whatever? Yep. Yeah. You've we been did, out um, since then? Yeah. So it's crazy because that's when, when COVID first hit, like literally like the week before the, the lockdowns, we were on tour with Sanger Sugarbox mm-hmm. and we did, we, all the shows that we did with them were sold out. And I was like, yo. And then we had a cool show lined up that we were all pumped up about. It was like us, Origin and beneath the massacre and then defeated sanity and i was like yo i cannot wait this is gonna be fun and then then you know the bat memes started and all this stuff and i was like oh, yeah dude we're you know what man we're the show's gonna get pushed back a week tops yeah yeah i remember those days we'll be yeah. yeah and then you know two years later but then we did uh we did a full us with sanguine about and frozen soul after that um and that's how actually we got on the century but that we did that post covid and that was a uh, I remember the first show back from COVID too. I, I was so pumped up that I smashed. I had just gotten this good job at like Lockheed Martin. And um, I smashed. I was like all pumped up and I just was like smashing myself with the mic. And I, I like don't even really remember doing it. And then I looked at myself and I was like, how? Like it was bad. There was wounds, scabs, bad. <laughs> and, and I, I was bleeding. And then I was like, how am I going to explain this? like i have to go into an office right now i explain it i was so excited i was like what am i gonna do yeah it was my first show since covid dude i was just excited yeah what do you expect from me yeah yeah so that was uh but yeah we did that tour and it was i mean playing post-covid was insane for me well so what did you tell your job i literally just was i think i just told them i was like oh yeah i fell i did like the the, you know like the the abused woman thing like yeah 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 i was like yeah dude i don't know i fell i fell into the door handle I ran into the wall. Yeah, was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh my bad. And they they clearly didn't believe me, but whatever. I mean, and then I went on the tour and I got fired because I didn't tell them why I was leaving. And then... <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Oh well. Hey, so, you know what? Just to share the work stories, I just started a job yeah. uh, a couple months ago, and today, okay, I went I went to him and I said at nine o'clock after I was there for an hour, I was like, I need to leave. Didn't give him much more details and. And like, yeah. so oh, yeah. oh, i mean yeah. there was there there was a reason i just didn't feel like i didn't feel like they needed to know yeah so uh it's not we'll, their business <laughs> we'll see it how that goes yeah yeah you'll be fine on it yeah. well maybe i don't know i got fired but um <laughs> you know what man it's that that was one of the things i got i got called in that meeting i was like yo this is none of your business what i'm doing you cleared off my time and then now you're upset because i like you feel like i got one over on you that's what it is so go cry <laughs> And yeah, I was like, you know what, dude, for every, for like, you know, I probably make like nothing compared to everybody else who's sitting there delegating, not doing anything, you know, and, and, and that's at every job. That's at every right. job. Like, so shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, if you're not fine, they did, if you're not fine and they get, they, you, 
you somehow lose your job over that, then they did you a favor because fuck that place. That's true. That's true. But I can walk there. That's really, it's a really nice perk. I can walk That's... there from here. So, you know, oh. but whatever. I'll take. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, uh, I don't got much else for you. Um, but I just okay. want to tell you that I appreciate I appreciate your time once again, and I, I really do love the record, and I know I'm not alone, and uh, it's it's great. Seething Malevolence is out now everywhere, right? Is the, the vinyl and all that it shit, it, it was out on time? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. For, yeah, they know what they're doing. They have a really good system. Of so course. Vinyl's <laughs> coming out. I mean, yeah, a lot of my friends, uh, they have it already. Nice. So, nice. Um, yeah, the vinyl's on time. So, go if, you can, if you're watching this, go grab one. All right? Because we see that. <laughs> It's not just going to it's not just going to uh Century Media, okay? I need to eat. I need that ramen. So get 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 get, get, get a record.
so there was my conversation with Kane. And the song you just heard was the title track off of Seething Malevolence. Seething Malevolence. And also, in my opinion, the best track on that record. I love it. It's got some bounce to it. And that's fun. So, I want to once again thank Kane for his time. And thank you for listening. Whether you're new to Getting It Out podcast or you've been with me all along. Saw a nice bump with that ended episode last week, and maybe we'll see another one with this Vomit fourth episode. I've already announced the next episode. It's with Gare of Tankard. German thrash legends Tankard. That's the second of the German big four that I've got from the thrash world, so i got to get Destruction and Creator and wrap that thing up. But anyway, this episode was very cool. I had a good time talking to Kane, and uh, it, it truly is a Album of the Year contender, Seething Malevolence, that is, in a lot of people's opinions, and I think rightfully so. I think it's definitely on my list, and uh, I'm, I'm excited for them and to see what they do next. They did just announce a tour. I don't remember what the dates are or who it's with exactly. No, I do remember it's with Simulacra and uh, Snuffed on Sight. Stuffed on Sight, who I just learned about as a guest on Dead Air Hardcore Radio, which I did a couple weeks ago with Trevor. If you haven't listened to that, please go listen to that. That's available everywhere. He's celebrating 18 years as a show. Now, that's not him. He's like 19 years old himself. That's not true, but that is a lie, and I admit that. But uh, the show has existed in one form or another for 18 years. So if you like hardcore music, go check out Dead Air Hardcore Radio. I believe it's available on Spotify and probably everywhere else. But that's your easiest, best bet. You also should be going to gettingitout.net every day, checking it out, reading some news, writing some reviews, doing whatever you want to do there, looking at band pages, checking out some videos, listening to some old episodes of the podcast. You can do all sorts of things at gettingitout.net, and I appreciate you going there, bookmarking that bad boy. Visit every day. Visit it every day. You might as well. You might as well. You're not going to miss anything if you're there every day. So, anyway. Let's end this with a new track from Kaoshin. The song is called Into Megatopheth or something like that. And it's from their new album, Effigies of Obsolescence. And I'm saying so many words wrong here. But anyway, it's out now on Dark Descent Record. They are from Killtown themselves. And you are going to like this if you like death metal. So please listen. Rest in peace, Bill Russell. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>